Welcome to KO Drama School. I'm your host, Grace Jung, and class is now in session. decided to stop eating meat again. There was a very brief period in my life where I stopped eating meat, but I guess I'm gonna stop eating meat again. And in order to motivate myself to stop eating meat, I watched a documentary on Netflix to kind of like ruin meat for me. Um, you know, like personally, I don't really give a shit about like the ethics of like animal cruelty and this and that. Like I do, but I don't care to the extent of like the way PETA does and like throwing blood on people, you know. I don't like uh, call up meat suppliers and like yell at them over the phone. Like I'm not, I'm not that extent of commitment to anti-meat kind of thing. Um, for me, like eating meat just makes me super congested and that is why I am taking a break from meat. Um, but I watched this documentary, What the Health, and you know, it's like a vegan documentary. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix executive produced it and he's very much a vegan. And you know, like it, it's like, making an argument, a case for vegan living. But personally, I don't think um, going completely vegan is right for everybody. There are definitely some bodily constitutions that require animal protein and without it, they become like extremely ill. Um, there, are, there are bodies like that, but I am not that body type. My body type just has, happens to be one that thrives on a pescatarian diet. So I'm just not eating meat. That does not mean that I'm going to stop eating fish and seafood, even though like fish and seafood um, also, you know, like mercury and like the way that f some fish are farmed and have diseases and blah, blah, blah. All, all that stuff is like a big headache too. But anyway, I'm still down with fish. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm doing this whole pescatarian thing and um, I didn't do this like all summer, but I actually really enjoy a really good salad, like a big salad. And if you guys don't follow her, I recommend that you do. Uh, Baked by Melissa. Melissa, I forget her last name, but she's the CEO of Baked by Melissa, which is like this mini cupcakes uh, franchise. Like it started, I think in New York and now it's like all over the globe I believe but she's like this badass CEO of these tiny little uh, miniature cupcake bites and um, she has a really great sense of color and a lot of her like cupcakes have like rainbow colors and stuff but she makes the most incredible salads and I see them on her TikToks and I'm like yeah I I need to make these salads so <clears throat> I bought a bunch of vegetables today and then I went to Whole Foods and I got like a really good mustard and I got some like vegan mayo. I like mayonnaise actually. I, I think mayonnaise is like an amazing dressing. So I got mayo, but it's vegan mayo. I got this um, sugar-free ketchup. Like I love ketchup, but ketchup 
is full of sugar like uh, well they have like high fructose corn syrup and most ketchups like Heinz and Hunt's and things like that and that's kind of what makes ketchup taste amazing that plus the fact that um, tomatoes are full of MSG like naturally occurring MSG which makes it more addictive but in, in any case I got this uh, sugar-free uh, ketchup from Whole Foods and I'm really excited to use my new sauces man like what can I say? Um, so yeah, I'm gonna try this thing out. And for the last, I would say two, three weeks now, I've been doing yoga more intensely and I feel better, you know, like yoga is a really interesting way of bottle, like physical meditation. And, you know, meditation for me sometimes can get super boring. And when it's too boring, like, I'll find reasons to skip it, you know, because I'm like, oh, I'm too tired. But it's actually because it's boring. And um, part of it is like, you got to get through the boredom and whatnot. But there are other ways to be physical, physically mobile and active and meditate. So like, you know, when I go on walks, I try to be mindful. When I'm doing yoga, I'm of course mindful. It's like a mindful form of exercise. And it's like kicking my ass, you know, it really um, improves your like strength and your muscles and that's also the reason why I'm giving up dairy right now. It's not only because it's similar to meat, it makes me super congested, but also like it builds lactic acid in my muscles. And uh, I can't stand in certain positions for too long, or I can't do certain moves for too long because um, I'll feel my joints like aching and cramp up because of the lactic acid buildup. Um, something I just learned in high school biology, it's nothing, you know, it's no big deal. Yeah, I took, um, a bunch of uh, PSAT biology courses when I was in high school, actually. I took like three or four of those. Um, and I still did not get a high, you know, biology PSAT score. In any case, um, yeah. So what am I going to talk about today? I'm going to talk about a show called Another Miss O. It's written by Pak Heyoung. Um, this show, Another Miss O, it's also called Another uh, Oh Heyoung. Yeah, so it's got two titles. But Pak Heyoung is the writer of a couple of very big hits, including My Mister. She also wrote My Liberation Notes. Both shows are probably in my top five favorite K-dramas of all time. And this show stars actress So Hyunjin and K-pop star Eric Moon. Now, Eric Moon used to be in, well, he's still in it. The thing is, like, the boy band that he's in, Xinhua, it's like SM's one of SM's earlier um, first-generation K-pop boy bands, and they are still technically active and together. Of course, the majority of them moved on, and they, they do a lot of variety shows now. Like, you know, some of them like act in TV shows and movies, like Eric does, um, and a bunch of them have solo albums and solo careers. But the band itself is technically still together, and there is still a Xinhua... Uh, K-pop band following that's very active and present in the K-media ecosystem, so to speak. So yeah, I, I, I was, uh, I was like, wow, like this is definitely like a nostalgic moment, you know, like Eric Moon from Xinhua. Um, one quick thing about this show, I did not think that Seo Hyunjin and Eric Moon had good chemistry. I think Seo Hyunjin's a very good actress. I don't think Eric Moon is a very good actor. 
Seo Hyunjin, I could see her really trying. I could see her trying really hard to make it work, but I just felt like Eric's character was a little too serious. Like he was just way too serious and she was like weird and zany and vulnerable, like super vulnerable. In fact, she reminds me a lot, like, okay, let's back up a little bit. Uh, first of all, let's talk about another Miso's ratings, okay? Extremely successful while it was airing. It was so successful back in 2016 that it was supposed to end with 16 episodes, but then they added two more episodes and made it 18 episodes. So they stretched the show out because it was doing so well and advertisement spots, you know, they were making, the, the network was making money, TVN was making money. So they extended it two more episodes, which I felt like was superfluous because I, I was like, I don't think the storyline needs two more episodes, but they had to stretch it out, you know, to make more money. I, I don't blame them, but I'm just saying it did hurt the show's quality overall. Um, I I didn't, like, for me, this show came out six years ago, but I feel like over the last six years, K-dramas, even rom-coms have uh, drastically changed. Like, I can't watch just a K-drama that's focused on the romance of two characters anymore. It's like super boring. It feels petty in a way. <laughs> Um, and it's exhausting, you know, like it's like watching like Full House, like Full House, the the couple breaks up, they get back together, they fight, they yell at each other, one of them moves out, the other one moves out, they move back in, they say sorry. I was just like, this is so exhausting. And that's kind of what was going on in Another Miss O. There was a lot of fighting, you know, and they're like in the same, you know, living quarters together. That's like a very like standard rom-com sort of formulaic thing but I was like this doesn't work anymore it's like way too boring now because k-dramas have evolved drastically in the last six years and like their storylines are a lot more complex and thematically the romance just if you have just just the romance like that storyline does not hang anymore you have to have some other big element in there that's the only way it works so another miss oh when I was watching it I was like this feels dated it feels dated even though it's only six years you know ago when it aired. Park Hae-young, who wrote this show, another Oh Hae-young, uh, first of all, I thought it was ballsy of her to use her own first name in, as the protagonist's uh, name. I was like, wow, that's Hae-young. Like, this is her. This is her alter ego, like, on the screen. I thought it was like a little, it was ballsy and bold and vulnerable, yeah, for her to do that. Um, Park Hae-young wrote uh, My Mister and My Liberation Notes, both of which have a way more different tone like tonally they're very very different tonally those two shows are a little bit more noir they're a little bit more uh serious slice of life realism heavy you know and another miso has like a definite fantasy element because uh Park Do is it Park Do -gyang? Do -gyang, the guy eric moon plays he is a clairvoyant and he could see the future of him and Hyung's relationships together. And I was like, okay, like, I guess that's sort of the gimmicky weirdness of this show, but still, I was just like, I, I, I don't see how all of this aligns. But that fantasy element, that it, it's got like a spiritual sort of meaning behind it. Like understanding that the soul sort of kind of, how do I put this? It's like it's like it's like a belief in reincarnation in a way. It's like the soul sort of traverses like all these different lifetimes and therefore time itself, like past and present and future, they're all like one big bar and 
it doesn't really have these differentiations. Like that's a very spiritual sort of consciousness that's speaking. And that to me was unique to Park Ke-young, the writer of this show. And that quality is consistent in all three of her shows. You see that spiritual sort of um, woo-hoo belief in uh, reincarnation, spirituality. You see that in My Mister. You also see it in My Liberation Notes. So I appreciated that. Um, I also saw consistency with another Miss O, My Mister, and My Liberation Notes in that the father figure in all three of these shows are either completely passive or just completely missing. So in another Miss O, the father figure is like very passive. The mother is very active. The mother and the daughter are constantly clashing. The father is just kind of standing in the in the background, like backdrop, not really contributing much, not saying much, not doing much, just kind of going with whatever the mother dictates. And then in my mister, the father figure for those three siblings are completely, he's like completely out of the picture. Like nobody, people barely mention him, right? Um, also like I use characters, father is also dead. Uh, so the father figure is like dead, missing, right? in that show. And then in my liberation notes, you have a father figure, the three siblings dad, but he's also very quiet, very reticent, he doesn't say anything unless he's pushed to lose his temper. That's the only time he speaks up. And even when he speaks up, then it's very like con compact, right? Like he's, he says words like, like poems, basically, like sonnets, like delivers them in a very compact, efficient way, but with a lot of meaning behind it. Um, but for the most part, you know, pretty passive, like, you know, and, and, and he's like in conflict with all of the characters in his household, right? So the father figure issue is uh, consistent in all three of Pak Young's shows. There's also the theme of three siblings in all three of the shows. So Pak Kyung, right, uh, her boyfriend Do Kyung, he has three siblings. He has a younger brother and older sister, right? And then in uh, My Mister, you have the three brothers, right? And then in My Liberation Notes, of course, you have the two sisters and then the brother in the middle. So you have these like three, like rule of threes thing kind of going. And then these three characters all have like a saint-like uh, quality to them and they all have flaws as well they have their life's challenges and all three of the shows do dedicate ample time to draw out a storyline and character development for all three of the siblings so i thought that was quite fascinating i believe uh Pakeon grew up with siblings in her household if not a big family because otherwise why would this be a consistent thing right um our lives do influence our work so there you go um the thing that I wanted to say earlier was about the character Sukyung. Sukyung and Park Hyeyoung. Sukyung is Park Hyeyoung's, uh, I'm sorry, Oh Hyeyoung. I'm mixing them up. So Oh Hyeyoung, the character. Sukyung is Oh Hyeyoung's boss, right? She's like this woman who is in her 40s. She has like big hair, big personality, like big accessories, dresses really in a flashy way. And she's like this hardcore badass woman that everybody's terrified of, right? And she loves alcohol. And she's like really insecure about the fact that she's older now and she feels invisible and unwanted, but like she's open about it. She's open about it. And she's like, she's, she reminds me a lot a lot of Young's character too. Like Young is just as open and vulnerable and um, she's like brazenly honest about how she 
feel screwed over by love and romance. And you see that quality also in My Mister with uh, the woman, the character Chonghee, the woman who runs that bar, right? She's also this like woman who's desperate for love. She wants love. She wants love from a specific man, but that man happens to be a Buddhist monk, so he can never love her like that. And it's like this pining, this endless pining for love and romance that these women have. And it's like, it's just there, very bare and open. And yeah, like for me, that that's, it's like uncomfortable to watch, but that discomfort also helps me appreciate it because it's like an honesty. There's an honesty behind it, right? Like what person doesn't want to be loved? We all want to be loved. And these characters, these female characters are just like angry, you know, they're angry and they're vocal about it. They're like, I want love. I want to be loved. And they demand it, you know? And you have that character, of course, in my liberation notes, the oldest sister, right? She's like pushing 40 and she feels so invisible to men and she feels so undesirable, you know, and she's trying very hard and she wants to be in love, but she's struggling to find love. And even when she does find love, there are all these challenges, right? Um, so yeah, Park Young is like, a very bold writer through and through. So that was the thing I wanted to mention earlier, but I needed to, you know, do some groundwork beforehand. Okay, so I think I think that's a pretty good assessment of the show. Yeah, let's end it there. The guest for this episode is Bruce Peck, and I met Bruce um, on set. We he and I were scene partners for a TV show that I shot and I believe it's gonna be airing sometime early next year. Uh, Bruce is a, uh, he's, a he's an actor. Um, he, you've seen him in shows like uh, The Flight Attendant probably on HBO. Uh, Bruce is originally from New York. Well, he's actually from New Jersey. And so Bruce and I connected on a lot of levels because I also lived in New Jersey briefly. So, um, but I also lived in New York. So Bruce and I had a lot to, talk about in that regard and you know he was just like a, a fun scene partner uh very professional and yeah like a fun guy to chat with so let's talk to bruce beck yeah um yeah we we we're on a break ah uh, summer break yeah summer break right on yeah, so then what, what do you do what do you do all day then if you're on summer break oh i'm i'm working on a, a project right now oh great yeah TV, so movie? tv yeah hopefully nice. you'll have more details soon great so yeah tv's fun that's awesome yeah not it much money fun. huh yeah not much money but it's fun really for television yeah. it's not yeah i gotta do more more i gotta do more movies but oh yeah movies pay more so. just about but the exposure wise it's it's but these days, you know, there's so much, so many streaming services and all that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But work is work, oh. you know. Work is work. That's true. Work is work. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I personally like. I don't really um, like auditioning. <laughs> and yeah. it's like it's so much work. I mean, like, how do you keep like a mental sort of head for for that to just like do it you know because i sometimes i feel so lazy i mean for me you know it's now starting to be in a little while 
uh, being a professional actor, right? And at some point, I really hated auditions because I just didn't know how to tackle mm-hmm. in the first place, mm-hmm. even though I took some classes and all that. But mm-hmm. um, one of the one of the mentors uh, who was working industry for a very long time, mm-hmm. this person told me one day she just said, if you approach the audition as if it's already a job that you already got, mm. and you're just rehearsing it, mm. if you have them, and I know it's, it's realistically, it's almost impossible to separate between, hey, it's, mm-hmm. it's the job that I might not even get it. Don't go there. Mm-mm-mm. You know, you're getting an opportunity to show your craft in front of the casting professionals. It is yeah. your time for you to show them hey, this is my take, this is my interpretation of the character, mm. and this is how I would do it on set. Mm. If it's my character, so mm-hmm. here it is, you like it, we move on to next step, whatever. Mm-hmm. If you don't like it, that's not what you think it is, then you know what, better luck next time. Not for me, but better luck next time for you, mm. because have that confidence in you she mm. said it's gonna sort of uh, uh, change your perspectives on a on auditions, mm. and that really helped me a lot. Yeah. And uh, there is a if you Google YouTube, uh, Brian Creston, uh, I think he did a, some sort of uh, interview mm-hmm. in front of so many people. He said similar thing when he changed the perception of the audition as instead being a job, I am actually going to work. You know, yeah. self-taping is a work. Going to yeah. casting offices is a work. And he right. thought that, and then whole perspective changes. So for yeah. me, I still, don't get me wrong, honestly, being honest with you, Grace, I, you know, I don't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I don't enjoy it, but I get to do more ownership of it more and more. Mm. And that shows the results. Yeah, that is really good advice. I think... Um... There's a lot of like supporting evidence for that kind of mentality. Um, You know, people say like, oh, you know, like, I don't know, this is just something I'm learning recently, but they're like, oh, you know, people sort of categorize the past and present and future as these separate sort of things. But in, but actually like our subconscious doesn't know the difference between what is past and present and future. Meaning if we decide that the future is whatever we want it to be and then we live it that way, then it it is it's like living your present. And sometimes reality does catch up to that sort of status. It's really fascinating stuff, but I think that's that's in line with what your mentor advised you on. And I think that's really, really helpful because it changes your perspective right it's like oh like i booked this you know it's almost like you go in like with that kind of mind. right mm-hmm. right like you know you're literally doing a rehearsal before you actually be on set and that's like what casting directors are actually saying one of the uh, uh sag workshop they were saying that they are looking for someone that one or two potential finalists who we can literally put them on a film set or a tv set like tomorrow and they mm-hmm. will do exactly what we want mm-hmm. them to do, or directors or producers want them to do. That's yeah. who we're looking for. 
So it's not yeah. just about your craft and your preparation or anything, but it has to be beyond that. Like mm-hmm. show us the oh, this is the character. We see it and we can call this person tomorrow mm-hmm. and start shooting it. Right, so I right. guess the, my mentor meant that way. Just you're just rehearsing it. Mm-hmm. But really show your whole uh, scale yeah. and range and yeah. go from there. But right. it is really hard to let go when you don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> it, it really it really sucks. It, it really yeah. sucks that when you know you nailed it, when you know that there's no other, even though let's say if I have to repeat it, the same process yourself again, I would not change a bit, but still, when you don't go to the next stage, yeah, it really sucks. It, it really is. Mm-mm-mm. Then how do you cope with that? Like, because, you know, that is sort of the plight of the actor. There are so many things that actors do to prepare so that they are, like, set ready. And then, you know, there's so much letdown. How do you cope with that? I starting to like literally letting it go and but thinking that hey you did your best Mm. if you think you can do it again with the same thing you prepared before it means that it just was not meant to be Mm. and religiously since i mean i'm a christian there's a reason that higher being stop going to the next level because there you know there's something else has to either interfere it or you know, it's being prepared, but because mm-hmm. of what you prepare for this process, it's going to make you go even move forward. So mm-hmm. not having any regrets, letting it go. I'm still practicing it, um, mm-hmm. but it's really, again, being honest with you, it's really hard. It's mm-hmm. really hard to suck it up and move on. It's easier, you know, to say than done. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, for but sure. I'm just letting it go. Like, it is what it is. That's that's the industry of it. And uh, hopefully, whoever got the project, not got the job. I that also I changed it. It's about mm-hmm. the job, right? But I changed the word to project because uh-huh. everything is even now. You and I having this conversation for me, it's a job. Uh-huh. It's a being on my job. So mm-hmm. auditioning is a job. Callback mm-hmm. is a job. So once I sign the contract that's the project so i book the project if i don't book the project then you know what it's not meant to be we move on and hopefully mm-hmm. whoever got that project will do a better job but a lot of times i and i shouldn't do this i shouldn't follow those roles that i didn't get into who got it on yeah. imdb and i shouldn't do that and oftentimes i can i see myself hey my take was that bad it was not too apart from what this person is doing on TV right now. Mm-hmm. So now we understand it's not just about you or the craft, but something else going on beyond that door mm-hmm. that we don't really get to understand. We don't need to understand. Um, mm-hmm. well, unless you become a producer or showrunners ourselves. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's not easy at all right, to right. coping with it. Yeah. No, I think I think it's uh, important to sort of like acknowledge that reality or be honest with ourselves because like, you know, 
being an artist is a lot of the times disappointing. It's like a very heartbreaking sort of existence, I think, because we put so much ourselves into the work that we do. And there's really no certainty that people will like take a take time to look at it or give it any attention or you know it's like that's just how it is and um something i'm also getting now like from what you're saying that you know you treat every uh screen moment as a job is like you're also being present in that moment and um you know sort of like trying to really stay alert and alive in that moment and it's like maybe you know there's something that you get from that you know like i don't know sometimes like when i have to do a bunch of auditions and and you know it's just like endless you know i don't know what this is kind of thing this endless void kind of thing like i'll just kind of think of it as like okay maybe this me doing this is preparing me for something next you know Mm. like i just kind of see it as like i'm carving out another step in my path so that I can move forward a little with a little more ease in the next thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, that, that yeah. sort of helps me a little. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Mm-hmm. And also mm-hmm. if you think about, even though you booked a project, you on set and you've been on the set and now you see these 200, 300 other people moving the same, that pieces together. When mm-hmm. you see them, now you realize that, holy shoot, you know, I'm only seeing it as my perspective of just the audition itself, but for the casting directors, producers, showrunners, studios, they also have to think of an entire village that mm-hmm. someone has to prepare eight, nine hours to shoot your close-up on set. And all these people are working there literally as off mm-hmm. on set to make that you look beautiful and believable and just to be in your character. So mm-hmm. we, as an actor, we have to do our part to bring that it game to other department. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't just end at your audition and getting the project, but it, it goes beyond that. You know, mm-hmm. how you etiquette yourself, you your behave yourself on say your set, set etiquette is very important in manners, how you mm-hmm. behave yourself on set is so important. Because it's all moving piece. There's not one mm-hmm. person. Exactly. So, exactly. Like it's, you're saying, the being present is so important. It is. And it's it's like it kind of helps you to not take it personally. It's sort of like when you were checking and seeing like who got the role and seeing that that person's executing it in a way that's not too far from yourself. It's like, oh, then I guess it's it's hard for me to take this personally because it's like it's almost arbitrary. Like when I talk right. to some other some other performers, um, you know, they'll be like, oh, I was really close to getting this one show and then I didn't. And, and then they start talking about these reasons, right? Like, like one executive right. said this, a casting agent said that, the director said this, a producer said that, the writer said this, another actor said that. And everybody has a different reason for why this person did not get what they got. And I realized, right. oh, nobody knows exactly why this person didn't get this role because yeah it doesn't it doesn't matter and when somebody asks like why didn't i get this in the moment they just feel like they have to come up with an answer so they'll just pull something out of their ass like in that moment 
And it's actually not the real reason. I mean, it's one reason. It's like a written down reason or a spoken reason, but it's actually, it's so arbitrary that yeah. it doesn't even matter like why you did it, get it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give you one like good example, make a long story short. There was a couple of years ago, I was, I was the one got selected by director mm -hmm. and director liked me and studio liked me, but it was right in the middle of COVID, like even, mm -hmm. you know, way worse than now mm -hmm. when this production was starting to coming back, mm -hmm. they really could not afford. And I was in New York at that time. I was not in LA. They could not fly any actor from New York to LA. Not mm -hmm. just, there's so much logistics. They could yeah. had, they had to go beyond that. SAG was not even clear with the COVID protocols. So it was really wild, wild west when it came mm -hmm. to that COVID game. Yeah. And so they were even having a hard time just hiring LA-based actor itself. Mm -hmm. So having someone from New York to all the way to LA, no matter how much director and producer studio liked this person, it didn't work out. So at mm -hmm. the end of the day, the person on, uh, head of the studio did not sign off my paperwork that mm -hmm. as much as we, we love Bruce, but we just cannot fly him out. From, from my perspective, listen, this is a, you know, XXX studio. I mean, flying me out for you is like a, not even lunch money. Mm -hmm. So there's something else going on. I thought that I could take a grudge with it. But mm -hmm. like you said, it wasn't that. It was clearly was a logistic issues that they could right. not fly me out. And yeah. That's what happened. And it happens more often than not. It's not about mm -hmm. you. Exactly. It's not. Yeah. And I like what you say when you say like, oh, I could have taken a grudge with it. But, you know, it's like you're saying that you have a choice in that moment to take it personally and, you know, have a gripe about it or just be right. like, it's it's not personal. So let me just move on with my day, but also acknowledge my disappointment. Right. Because that's I think part of letting go or part of releasing resentment is acknowledging the disappointment or it is acknowledging the Agreed. pain or the hurt. Like Agreed. that that's something that I really had to come to learn because, you know, like, I mean, especially like Koreans, like, you know, we we tend to hold on to stuff. Oh, yeah. You know? And it's like one of the best. Okay. Yeah, it's it it, it sort of drives it. it drives our passion in a lot of ways, uh, the 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 resentment. But like, I I used to think that oh, I just have to choose not to be angry, or I have to choose not to think about this, or I have to choose not to feel a certain way. But it's like I don't have a choice. Like when my emotions are there, I have to acknowledge them. If I try to ignore it it only festers and gets worse and i realized I like yeah. sort of staying with the emotion and being like okay like i'm disappointed right now or i'm really bummed out or i'm really sad or i'm really mad about this if i stay mm -hmm. with that emotion and give it all of my attention for however long it needs then it just naturally cycles itself out yeah 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 mm. i totally agree i mean and at the same point, like what you're saying is so true, even when I'm teaching the, my students, a, as an actor, 
our our privilege almost the the the, the one of the rifle ownership that we can carry other than producers and other department of this big ship is that we are we are so attached with emotions and try not to hide from it or get away from it but don't be a slave to it so once you know how to navigate those options then our performance becomes so more organic and so truthful that now we can serve whatever the divisions of the studios and the writers and and fulfilling the audience needs there's mm-hmm. the hunger for whatever they want from us to you know go by the day because at the end of the day our goal is to showcase our our emotion our character conveying it and and resonate with the audience so i think we're the only sort of called occupational department that allows to have that our own battle in a way Mm -hmm. with our emotions Mm -hmm. and i think we are allowed so i I totally agree with you that we shouldn't we shouldn't we shouldn't avoid it you know you're disappointed feel it suck it up and do what you need to do to you know let it out really mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah like being a slave to your emotion i think that's a good way of putting it because um so many times like people are that way like i used to be that way all the time and sometimes i still am you know like just the yeah, other day yeah. oh yeah. yeah like just like just like yesterday i was at a show it's a comedy show and uh, i was hosting and the owner of the venue was like, like she was like smoking weed and a little, I mean, whatever, like people smoke pot, it's fine. I don't judge them for it, but she was like a little distracted and, you know, a little underprepared, let's say. Like all mm. she has to do is like plug in the mic, but she didn't do that. And she was like, can you make sure that this is plugged in? I go and I check the mic's not plugged in. I don't know where the mic goes to, but I know like this is like the plug. And I was like, oh, like the mic's not plugged in. And she was like, oh, okay. And she's like looking for some wire when I'm holding it, like right there. And I was like, oh, this is it. And she was like, okay, well then can you help me? Like she like snapped, like had this moment of like rage that came out of left field that was like, you know, unnecessary, you know, inappropriate, right. like all all the things, right? But, you know, I had just this moment of like, I could either make this, a bigger moment or mm-hmm. I could just make fun of her when I get on stage and I chose mm. to make fun of her when I get up on stage because I'm hosting you, you know like there you go. so she she figures it out plugs it in I get up on stage and like because she had like barked at me my my irritation is up like my guard is up my my red my red light is on, you know, like, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. not, that's not a state I want to get up on stage with, especially a comedy show that I'm hosting, right? Because the host yeah. sets yeah. the tone. I get up on stage and I'm like, I need to talk myself down. Because if I, if I just keep going through this like this, and I'm, it's not going to be fun for anybody. So I just make fun of her. I just like made fun of her. You know, I was like, oh, isn't it funny when, like, the venue owner, like, snaps at the host right before they get up on stage? Like, what a way to, pre- <laughs> like, what a way to prepare them for an excellent show, huh? Like, 
you know, and then I just started talking about like womanhood and how hard it is to be a woman. And then I started making fun of her again for that, but kind of being like, well, I understand. I understand why a woman has those moments. It makes sense why, but it's still mm-hmm. fucked up. And, you know, like, so <clears throat> anyway, like that helped. It helped a lot because otherwise I knew, I, I know myself, right? Otherwise this thing would have been like, in my head the whole night and i would not have been able to like enjoy the rest of the evening i wouldn't have been able to enjoy other people's sets i wouldn't have been able to like socialize you know mm-hmm. like it just would have mm-hmm. been this nagging irritation and i just would have been in a lousy mood and i was just mm-hmm. like i have to i have to give myself something to right. process what had just happened and i was like well luckily the stage is right here i'm hosting i have a mic you know I'm going to make fun of her. (laughs) How did she react to it? She laughed. And then later she like, (laughs) you know, later she apologized to me and she's like, oh, it's because I'm like, I'm high. And, you know, I'm like, being high is not an excuse. Like personally, like drunk or high is never an excuse to misbehave. And it's like, you know, whatever. But I was just like, it's fine. Like, you know, I, I just, I was like, I don't like being talked to that way before I go up on stage. So. I just wanted to clarify that. And she's like, oh, okay. Like, I'm sorry. I was like, that's fine. Right. And, you it's know, such we just a great example. That. Such yeah. a great example about, you know, being able to make choices. You know, mm-hmm. acting is all about making choices. You know that. I mean, you know, we have millions of different choices to tackle one scene. And that's right. what it, it brings us either yes or no. But when you make a choice, make a bold choices. And mm-hmm. don't, don't excuse yourself for making the bold choices and then stand up for it and stand by it. And it mm-hmm. could be wrong choice, but I'd rather make a wrong, bold choice than no choice. And mm-hmm. doing a mediocre and handing in the same thing. Because believe it or not, as you know, let's say 20 actors handing in their self-tape, probably 16 actors will do the same thing over mm-hmm. and over and over what's on the page. And those rest of four actors who went mm-hmm. out of the way made a bold choice, still within right. the context of the self-tape, the material mm-hmm. will probably either be seen or mm-hmm. at least go to next callback. Mm-hmm. Um, so you made a choice that night. You know, yeah, you could make a bigger, uh, you know, bigger than that, or but you became just you made the choice to become a better, bigger person. And then you just took ownership of the stage, and I kudos kudos to you. And then I, you know, I appreciate you that you did that. And that's what I'm talking about making a bold choices. It's all about making mm-hmm. choices. Yeah. How do you sort of like know, sort of, or gauge that limit? Then it's like I'm about to make a bold choice. Like, how do you know that like this is too much, or this is too far out out from the thing, or this is just right? Like, how, like. How do you do My, that? I mean, there's no right uh, definite answer that, that, but from just my own perspective, how I uh, normally mm-hmm. tackle these days, and mm-hmm. what I suggest to my students is, put yourself in an audience shoe. Mm-hmm. That, if you make them feel very uncomfortable, mm-hmm. of course, you know, some exception to some of the very, you know, outrageous shows like who really require that out of outside of the box and really push the limit 
but normally there are formula like how you know so much about K dramas. We have a formulas. The writers write about there's mythology behind it. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the acting. There are things that you shouldn't go too much above it to make yourself like, what is she or what is he doing? Oh my God, that's not really it. And you can be just thrown out. Well, almost thrown off the casting directors when they, I mean, wasting their time to watching it. So mm-hmm. it's really that borderline that you feel like you review it before mm-hmm. you hand it in and saying, mm-hmm. oh, I feel uncomfortable by watching it or show it to your family member or mm-hmm. whoever, just let them watch it. And they say, oh, okay. Or do you buy it? Does it look real to you? I mean, mm-hmm. is it believable? So believable what believability for, for what my work it's mm. it's what I'm going for they're trustworthy it's yeah. why I believe this person as that who they are looking for yeah then yeah. if the answer is yes then I I mm-hmm. go for it but like you said mm. you shouldn't go too much of it mm-hmm. when I review a self-tape exercise from my students some of them they go way too far and I have like <laughs> no time out like, mm-hmm. but I always ask them, why did you make that choice mm-hmm. to go there bold? A lot right. of times they don't know. They don't know why. Oh, and they became okay. this slave to their emotions because they mm-hmm. were so into the work. Mm-hmm. And you really have to have checks and balance yeah. to it. Right. You kind of have to be able to justify why you made that choice. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. You I have to you have to be important. explained. You have yeah. to sometimes they ask you, directors ask you. you. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, why did you why did you uh, go with that approach? And wh- yeah. how, how do you reading uh, this material? And you should be able to answer it precisely and with details but with the confidence. You just cannot mumbo jumbo and say, "Oh, well, I don't know." It just feel like not a good start to talking. This is what yeah. I believe, how I go with it. My backstory is this. So this is what I'm taking it. Right. Some directors right. say, I love it, but can we try this way? Absolutely. Be able to adopt yeah. it, move on. Again, making a choice like that. Because as you know, Hollywood is all about cutthroat. You know, they, mm-hmm. don't, they don't give you time to think about it. You give them a different mm-hmm. direction. You have to be able to take it, adopt it, calculate it, execute it. That's it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know. So it is. It is tough. It is very yeah. tough. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I think it does ask a lot from a performer. You know, oftentimes people think that acting is as simple as just reading the script, memorizing the lines, and then showing up. And yeah, to an extent, that is true. To to, to some extent, extent yeah. that is true. But yeah. it's also like how much work you put in as an actor does set you apart from other people. Like Absolutely. I was sort of I was listening to um, how Jack Nicholson prepares for his roles uh-huh. and he works all night. Like after he gets off set that day, preparing for the next day shoot, he works all night. He writes out all these different different uh, lines that he would okay. improvise in. Variations, all different yeah. kinds. Yeah. Variations yeah. or adds it's almost like a tag. Like in comedy, mm-hmm. we have this phrase like tag. Like you say a punchline and then there's a follow-up to that punchline that supports it or takes it further. Tag, 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 tag. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. that. Like like Jack Nicholson will say one line and then he'll add a tag 
like another line to ah. make that make that line even more aggressive or uh -huh. make his ca character more sinister or more intense like he'll add another tag another tag another tag so he just like writes that all night and depending on the the director that he's working with like in this instance it was with martin scorsese on the departed and martin scorsese kind of lets the camera roll and lets actors right. do whatever they want and right. jack nicholson was just like he had so many lines and you know scorsese has an option to pick what he wants to put into the film when he's editing right right and he ends up using a lot of what nicholson does and i was like you know this is sort of like what sets apart like a mastered actor versus just somebody mm -hmm. who shows up in mm -hmm. that they're so committed to their role i think commitment is another huge thing they're committed to their role you know they really like really want to understand their character to the fullest extent, really become that character and have something ready to go. Right. Yeah. A lot of work. That is a great example. Um, the, the one of the, uh, his show and claimed uh, show HBO Max, we talked about the flight attendant and mm -hmm. season two, I was able to come back and, and one of the uh, characters and Kelly Cuoco, who was also, by the way, queen of the one of the comedy. Um, mm -hmm. And when I saw her, to how she works, it was mm -hmm. similar to what you just explained about uh, Jack Nicholson's approach. She literally, and this is my true uh, uh, um, testimony, that she actually shot a few words, a few sentences, eight different ways. So she was giving choices for the editors and showrunners to pick whatever the version of the variation works for that exact moment. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, and she prepared. Her script was like you said, was a, I think it was, now I, I know what that, that tag, because she's also a comedian. That's why mm -hmm. she built a career uh, with, it looks now that I understand that's a, that was a tag. And there was a long, it was just two sentences, mm -hmm. but there was almost like she was getting ready for a law degree uh, 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 exam. Mm -hmm. Her mm -hmm. script was all the filled with the scribbles and, and, and writings and everything, notes and mm -hmm. the, the post notes. And then she went on two sentences, completely different way. Just watching that, it's like going through another year of acting school. Like, mm. I didn't know she could, or anyone could even come up with that sentences, with that emotions, or that way of explaining it, that variation. Like, oh, wow. Like, that's what makes her Kelly Cuoco, mm -hmm. like, uh, in, in Hollywood. Mm. And that commitment that I learned just right next to her, mm -hmm. now I'm using it to my own, again, going back to auditions. I do that all different variations and still shoot all that and then pick best two and then send it out to casting directors and hoping that they will be on the same aligned with my vision and their vision will be the same. So yeah, what you're saying is obviously it's a great example of taking ownership, mm -hmm. even Jack Nicholson level, mm -hmm. but at the yeah. same time commitment to, to your craft. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think a lot of actors do that. And, you know, they, like, a lot of the times, you know, like, just the writer or director will get most of the credit. Usually the director gets most of the credit. Yeah. For television, yeah. the writer will get most of the credit. But, you know, like, actors do a, a whole lot of writing. I think that's what people forget. Like, um, like Bruce Dern is another example. Like, you know, there's so many moments in cinema and roles that he's taken where he just says something based on his character's subconscious and it just comes uh, up like it, it just up, makes right. this it just comes up and it's right. like almost like a like a spiritual moment it just comes up and right. then everybody's like oh that was like stunning and then they keep that in and he like yeah. gave it a name he calls it dernsey he was like you know Dernsey. like um, okay he calls okay. it a Derns. he's like that was a Dernsey. like they're like oh i love yeah. that line in that movie and he's like that was a Dernsey. Dernsey. like okay. he just he just like goes into the the space cameras rolling and it's time for him to deliver his line and he just like lets the spirit move him and then he says the line that comes to him wow and he's like that's a Dernsey. and it's Dernsey, like so right. like the industry is aware of it that this is something that Bruce Stern is capable of and they kind of mm -hmm. wait for him to have those moments and it's like I love that wow. approach to creativity in a way because it comes with so much trust and to me trust equals faith and it's like not only does Bruce Stern have this faith in himself and his subconscious you know right. or his connection to the divine or what have you but it's like the whole set does that whole entire set has that trust wow. and it's wow. like such a fascinating process like have you seen that film nebraska yeah, of course of course you know the moment yeah. when they visit uh the old man's like childhood home and he's talk and he's in his childhood bedroom like yeah. the father's yep. childhood bedroom yep and then and then the wife the mother is like oh this is where you know your father used to sleep and this is where his brother david used to uh -huh, sleep uh -huh. and then yeah. david yeah, yeah. died and then david died and then uh the son asks bruce stern's character like oh dad is that true and mm -hmm. then bruce stern's dernsey moment was he says i was there which is like such a simple line but it's like but, so yeah. perfect to his character because he's like a serious old grouch who can't, who doesn't want to connect to his emotional side. But this right. trauma of like having a dead brother in the same room as him as a child is mm. like, mm. it's like a, it's a foundation to a person's whole existence almost. Right. And right. he doesn't get overly emotional about it. He doesn't open up about it at all he just says one line that is so like definitive of who he is but still yeah. vulnerable and he just right. says i was there was there and that was a so that wasn't oh. that was so that's during so that wasn't there in the first oh, that was okay. not in that's the something script. i learned today okay i thought that was, that was not, he just said no. it because it was written no ah. that was not that was not written so like they give they give Bruce Stern that space to of course. Work in that I mean, he way. earned. I mean, he earned it, obviously. So yeah, I phenomenal. mean, you know, he's, it's a phenomenal, he's phenomenal actor. But like the whole and, family, you know, Laura Dern. Of course. And, like, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah. okay, yeah. Like I, I love this whole conversation. Um, 
I I want to like talk about one more thing, and then we'll get into flashcard questions, which I do in all of my podcast episodes. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I I wanted to ask about like, um, you know, like you're somebody who has a uh, faith, like you practice spirituality, or mm-hmm. you know, like religion, whatever you want to call it. But um, you know, like this is it's very common for like Korean Americans to uh, be Christians, you know, especially yeah. in the U.S. and um, like, I'm just curious, like, how you made your faith more personal to you, like a more person, like, we're talking about choices here, like, right, since right. when did your faith become a personal choice, as opposed to just, you know, you kind of go into church with your parents or, or something like that? Yeah, I mean, I was born in what we call mother's womb. So when I was born, I was already, you know, baptized in church you know, going to church, as long as I can remember, the only thing that religious experience I had was always related to church. Mm-hmm. But it was not until my adulthood, like even after 30s, that, mm-hmm. you know, going to Korean church or American church, you know, playing with the bands and, you know, church, mm-hmm. teaching Sunday schools, that's all great. But at the same time, when your prayers starting to happening with the evidence and things are really happening the way you prayed mm-hmm. um more one you know more than once twice mm-hmm. so i swear to you on this this podcast 2019 i had a 25 prayers mm-hmm. that january 1st i wrote down very detailed mm-hmm. sometime even like please, you know, get me a new car, something mm-hmm. like that. Out of 25 prayer mm-hmm. requests, mm-hmm. 19 of them came true mm-hmm. when the year ended. Mm-hmm. So for me, how the process courses is, you know, you know, no, no, can to talk about too detail, but everything, how it happened, mm-hmm. it's only, I call miracle. Mm-hmm. So once you believe that, um, that for me, that, you know, the man upstairs listens mm-hmm. to my prayer and my request, mm-hmm. it becomes very personal mm-hmm. and it becomes almost addictive that mm-hmm. almost I'm nagging like a little kid. I want mm-hmm. this. I want this. I want this. After all, if you cannot do that for me, who else can? Isn't that why you're there for, in a way? Um, so it wasn't too long that it really became daily practice and, and conversation my own time. Even sometimes I do it when I'm in the shower or in my gym. And I just put my hands up there and say, Lord, I want this right now. And please make it happen for me because I know. But you've done it more than once. Not even that one single year, but... Over and over and over, you are doing it to me right now. So please, but if this is not it, show me a bigger one. Show me a better way. So, yeah. So right now, if anyone asks me, what is your relationship between me and my man upstairs? It is probably the tightest ever been since mm-hmm. when I was born until now. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't be here without him, without mm-hmm. his grace his blessings that that he's real that his mm-hmm. presence is real 
His existence is real. Mm-hmm. And he's been repeatedly showing me that I'm listening to your prayers. And here are the proofs. Mm-hmm. So it yeah. makes me a better person. So. Mm-hmm. Like when you uh, offer prayer, like, is it, do you have like a specific ritual or is it just like you said, like you just do it whenever you have a moment to yourself, like a private moment? I write it down um, mm-hmm. on my phone. Mm-hmm. So I do a general prayers and then I go into specific prayers itemized. I just actually read it <laughs> on my mm-hmm. phone. I just yeah. read it. And then um, I do that every day, mm. you know, anything from our, you know, health from all my family members, mm-hmm. the one I know, well, including you, like, you know, good friends, you know, mm-hmm. make sure they protect from COVID. But I go into more detail, like I become very selfish, my mm-hmm. career, my mm-hmm. projects, what, who I want to work with, which mm-hmm. I want to work with, all that I write it down mm-hmm. and I just read it out loud. Um, that's how I do it. I, I really like that. Thanks for thanks for sharing that with me. Yeah, thank you. Thanks um, for letting me sharing it. So. Yeah, of course. Um, I I want to get into flashcard questions and then we'll wrap up. Yay. So all I right. do this on all of my uh, podcast episodes. The show I'm going to talk about today is called uh, Another Miss O. It is a K drama that came out a few years ago, not too long ago, about six years ago. Uh, it's uh-huh. written by the same woman who wrote My Mister. She also wrote my liberation notes. And uh, this is a, yeah, really, really interesting, bizarre kind of show. But anyway, I'm going to ask you questions based on scenes from the show. And you just answer, like, what would you do if you were this character in this situation? You just improvise. It's supposed to be fun. Okay, so let's say you're a woman named Oh Young. You Uh come to a cafe to meet somebody that your friend wants to introduce you to. Okay. But as you're entering the cafe, a man is rushing out and you hit your face against his arm and you end up with sankupi and you're just bleeding out of your face. What oh, yeah. Do do? Okay. Uh, I will. I'm going to. I'll first look at him with with you just. What are you doing? You know, you couldn't see me, you know, I'm. I'm sure I'm so pretty and very attractive coming in with, you couldn't see me and why do you have to rush out like that? I want you to apologize mm-hmm. unless he didn't already. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to ask him to offer any kind of, I don't know, handkerchief, whatever he has, you know, mm-hmm. pocket uh, square. Mm-hmm. Dude, what have you done to my face? I'm here to have a very important meeting. Mm. A lot of times, that's the guy <laughs> I was supposed to meet. I don't know. Yeah. It so was the guy. I'll, I'm going to confront that he's a, you know, careless act. Mm. Okay. You'll just call him out on it. Okay. All right. Let's say now. It. Let's say now you're a man named Park Do Young. Okay. You're mm-hmm. a man. You're, a, you're you work as a sound recordist. That's your job. Okay. Yep. You keep you keep having these like visions of the future. They just like come to you in flashes. You see the future in small flashes. And in those yep. flashes, you keep seeing the same woman's face over and over again. Mm-hmm. And it's this woman that you accidentally bumped into and gave that nosebleed, Oh Young. Also, mm. this woman, Oh Young, she has the same name as your ex-fiance, Oh Young, who stood you mm. up on the day of your wedding. 
She didn't mm. show up to the wedding. Mm. You want to know what the hell's going on, but you can't explain mm. it to anybody because mm. you don't want to sound crazy. What do you do? Yeah. I will look for that woman. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, these days, probably if I know the name, do I know that, that, that uh, the lady in my vision is also Ohayoung? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I know yeah, her name. You, you, bu- you bumped into her. Right, right. So I will... I will see the connection because, mm. you know, me, me, uh, I, I'm a heavy believer in this, uh, not a superstition, but signs. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to, if it's more than once, twice, three times, you know, I know that I hate the name, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't let the name cloud my destiny with this potentially could be something. So mm-hmm. I think I will look for her. Not only I want to apologize that I was so rushed out and made her nosebleed like that, but mm-hmm. to make up to her and have a conversation, I want to know where this is. See if we can mm-hmm. dance. I would okay. do that. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Got it. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's say you're Heyoung now. You're that young yeah. lady. Okay. Yeah. Since you were in high school. You were mm-hmm. bullied and mistreated because mm-hmm. you were secondary to the so-called pretty Ohayoung, right? Yeah. She's not yeah. only more beautiful, but she really gets high grades and all the boys loved her so much. Mm-hmm. And now you're an adult and you're working an office job. That pretty Ohayoung from high school, she's now your boss at work. Mm-hmm. And when she gets a flower delivery sent to her office, they end up on your desk by accident. It's the same yeah. thing that used to happen to you back in high school. What do yeah, you do? Yeah. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna accept it as a faith, but at the same time, I will I'll find my own the it that separates me from the other Ohio. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna keep honing that that area. And I'm gonna find how I can go pass her mm. than being again keep using the slave today but the slave to the this weird faith of say having the same name and same school and now same job it's got to be a reason to it but i'm gonna make a best out of it and i'm gonna suck it up at the same time this is a reality i because i cannot change our names but i'm gonna mm. change my faith with the future okay Hmm. Yeah. Got it. Figure out a way I'm to I'm not going to be a victim. Apart. Yeah, I'm not going to be a victim anymore. Mm. Okay. But doesn't mean I'm not going to, you know, I don't want to be an instigator for any, any, you know, unfortunate incidents in the future. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Okay. I'm not going to let it ruin it. Yeah. Right. Kind of take control of what you can. Okay. Yeah. Let's say let's say you're you're Hey Young again. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the day before your wedding. Okay. Mm-hmm. Your fiance tells you that he wants to break up with you because he day doesn't before. really the day before. He mm-hmm. says he doesn't really love you as much as he thought he did and you mm-hmm. ask him why and he says mm-hmm. it's because he doesn't like watching you eat anymore. What do you do? I'm going to ask him to go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I 
marrying me tomorrow is your least concern. If the how you perceive me right now, the day before, night before our wedding, guess what, honey, go fuck yourself. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not cool. Yeah. That's yeah. No, that's not cool at all. Well, whoever the asshole is, you get it. Okay. Yeah. Let's say you're Hey Young. Okay. You mm. move out of your parents' house to a really mm. tiny room attached to a bigger house. And there's a mm. small door that connects directly to that sound recorder's Park Do Young's room. It's like one yeah. door, you go, it's his room. And he works as a sound recordist, as we said. And one of his habits is that he leaves the recorder on whenever he leaves the house. So mm. one day you're, you're at home in your room talking to yourself, saying how much you like Pak Do-young and how much you miss him and you're yeah, bored yeah. and you want to hang out with him. You're yeah. saying all this stuff to yourself. You find out that your voice got recorded in his machine and he heard it. Oh. What do you do? Oh. Uh, I'm gonna, if I like the guy, I'm going to, if I know that's been recorded, I'm just gonna use it as, as my advantage. I'm gonna let him keep recording more and more, so he knows that I really like him, because I know I can erase that. Mm. So I'm gonna let him know. Or if I don't like that guy, and I'm gonna let him record something that is so turning him off mm. that he will not record me anymore. Some weird mm. stuff going on. Some like I don't know some budang stuff that you know, mm -hmm. one of those things that, you know at home like I do some weird ritual with cats mm -hmm. and birds and. Mm -hmm pig shit all that mm -hmm. he's gonna be okay. like who, who is she so wow. i will i will okay. use the advantage take advantage of that recording situation i like that it's a very creative yeah. creative uh, yeah. decision making okay all right last yeah. question yeah let's say you're you're hey young again okay mm -hmm. you and Pak Do young are dating mm -hmm. now okay you guys mm -hmm. are in love okay okay you find out that the reason why your fiance dumped you the day before your wedding is because his company went bankrupt and he had to go to prison for a while due to fraud charges. Oh, yeah. You also find out that the reason why his company went bankrupt is because a major investor pulled out of the deal last minute because mm -hmm. Pak Do Young asked him to. This is because Pak Do Young thought that you were the pretty Ohaeyoung that dumped mm. him on the day of his mm. wedding. And mm -hmm. he wanted to get revenge on that Ohaeyoung who he, he knew was getting married the day, the next day. He wanted to ruin mm. her wedding, just like she mm. ruined his wedding, but you were the wrong one. What do you right. do? So we are both the uh, victims. Yeah, in a way, yeah. yeah. I'm gonna ask him to have Dernzi moment to come up with our own shit to fuck everyone up both oh, wow. sides oh pay gosh. for what they've done even though that's why we're but, but to clarify Pak Do Young is the one who ruined your wedding oh right he's the one who ruined my wedding yeah he told your fiance he told Dude. your fiance's investor to pull out of the company and then your fiance went bankrupt and went to prison that's why your fiance said to you he doesn't want to marry you he was lying to you so Pak Do Young is the say, reason. Yeah. I'm gonna say bye. You're just gonna break up with him? Even though you're yeah, in love bye. with him? Yeah, bye. No, bye. Wow. That's it, huh? Yeah, I that's it. Because if that's the whole story. Yeah. But I wanna I wanna ask him what's real and what's not. 
Mm. You know, what is this love is all about? A person like that could ruin that, can not fall in love with me. So I want to know what is up to what is real and what is sort of not or else. And based on that, I'm going to say bye or... What is yeah. that? What? <laughs> I'm gonna. <laughs> I'll be keep watching. You know, you be careful. <laughs> you know, because okay. you know, I got fucked once. Somebody oh, told yeah? me like, yeah. yeah. Mm. No, I mean that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. Not me. Yeah. 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 No, it sucks when it happens. It sucks when uh, somebody it's... breaks up with you like that. Hey, it's karma. What goes around comes around. So. Very good. It was a pleasure yeah. talking to you, Bruce. Thank you. It's always a pleasure. You know, 